Are you totally different when it comes to sex and copulation? Have you judged yourself out of receiving pleasure? Have you judged yourself into receiving pleasure in certain ways and excluded other ways? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How has your sex life or lack of it affected other areas of your life? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, pleasure diva and body whisperer, Milica Yelenich. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Milica Yelenich, here tonight on Inspired Choices Network radio station. I'm so excited to have you guys on today. We are going to have an interesting look at some historical information about contraception today. Before we jump into that, though, I invite you to check out my website. I recently um, added a little fun something on there. Actually, I added a naughty list to my website. Uh, You might have heard me talk about the naughty list before as something that you can sign up for the emails for the naughty list. Well, I'm taking it to another step, and I've actually created a, a password-protected link uh, to get into the naughty area of my website, which will include things like blogs, videos, information, um, dates for classes and events, as well as how to have private sessions, you know. So I'm pretty excited about that. It's kind of a big reveal. And um, yeah, so definitely in order to be on that, you'll require a password. So you're going to actually have to connect with me, my friend, to see if you get pre-approved to get onto the naughty list. Are you naughty enough? Are you nice? Are you just too nice? But if you are actually naughty enough and you are of age, that would be 18 or older, you just may qualify to get on the naughty list. Other than, um, you know, I'm really not interested in having um, constantly being sent uh maybe we'll say like uh strange phone calls you know constantly like uh, that I'm not interested in I'm interested in true pleasure seekers so if you truly are a pleasure seeker and you'd like to have more pleasure I am so interested in having you join my naughty list and I'd be happy to send you the special password so or your special password anyway so that you can get in so in the meantime Yes, please do check that out at melissajelenic.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com. And you can find that on there. And what else am I up to? I'm always up to something fun. And I've got a few things coming up um, that you'll also find listed on my site. If you check under classes and events, you will see where I've got upcoming classes that are not on the naughty list. And then if you get on the naughty list, you'll see all things in the naughty list. So, and you'll also find out a lot more about me and the work that I offer, and I am going to be upgrading and updating that as well, adding some videos so you can actually see the work that I do, because I get that a description is one thing, but maybe actually seeing it could help. So I will be adding videos in the next uh, few weeks. I'm working on those right now. So you'll actually get to see what does mitzvah look like being done to you? What does bars look like being done to you? What do all these other things look like when you actually receive them? <laughs> Where does it? What does that look like? You get to see it. So I'm pretty excited that you're gonna. It's gonna be a little bit more interactive on that site. So please do check in on that and see all the changes that are occurring. And definitely contact me. Um, you can either contact me through my website. You can you know send me a, an email, or 
you can um, Facebook message me. That always works too. <clears throat> so, so many choices. And I'm a little out of breath. I was just running around uh, before the show, getting ready for tonight's show, and it was like super hectic day. And yeah, so I'm a little out of breath, but I'm glad you guys are sticking with me. Um, so what else do I want to tell you guys about? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got, so under the naughty list, there are going to be classes. And if you've been listening to this show, uh, even in the last five or six months, I have had several requests for the hedonism classes with individuals and with couples. So if that is something that you are looking for, that's going to be what's listed on the naughty list sessions, um, events, and classes. So it's all things that I will not have on my regular area of my site, but you will be able to find that in the naughty list. So I'm excited that to be opening that up more and more and more. So tonight we're actually going to talk about something that I think is totally relevant to pleasure, which is contraception. And, you know, we could be running around our entire lives going kind of crazy, having crazy orgies and as women getting pregnant with 500 babies, or how can we have pleasure and not necessarily have to always have the outcome be STDs and children, right? So, so what else is possible to have pleasure without... So I wanted to have a historical look at that. You know, I'm sure you guys are aware of the common ones that are used today. I have had a show about um, modern modern contraception, like IUDs, like the pill, um, and even some extreme things as far as as having like your tubes tied as women or having a vasectomy as men. So condoms and all sorts of other things I'm and spermicides. There's so many different things that are commonly used today. And ironically, still, still, after thousands of years of us copulating like wild monkeys and rabid ra- rabbits, rabid rabbits? No, they're not rabid rabbits. They're just rabbits that aren't rabid. But after all this time, thousands of years of bodies, you know, doing the wild thing, we still do not have a 100% effective method. It's true, because even if you have, say, for example, even if you've had a vasectomy, there are sometimes like a one in one billion chance you could still impregnate a woman. Even as a woman, if you've had your tubes tied, there's still a minute chance that that could occur. I actually knew a woman who lives in my town who, after having a her tubes tied, and her husband having a vasectomy. They had two children after that. Go figure, either the doctors here are really stinking awful or these people and these babies just want to come through. You never know what's possible, right? So nothing is 100%. We know that for sure. I think, you know, at some point, even if you removed your genitals, that might that might be the extreme. I don't know if that's actually considered... Um, you know, contraception as so much as it is like genital mutilation, you know, turning people into eunuchs or having a hysterectomy or something. That's kind of an extreme variation of never having children again. I'll just remove the entire organ system that could actually create babies. That That's the most effective method. Even then, I think, you know, if a being really wanted to come through, they just might find a way. So, <laughs> so... What if we thought, though, historically, what if we thought was a really good idea for, you know, contraception? You know, we've had some really interesting ideas. 
I'm going to take you guys off to ancient India first because they had some really interesting ideas. Ancient India, ancient Asia <coughs> in general. So we're talking about China and India right now. We will move on to other places as well. So number one, so this is actually from Quora.com. Um, and there is, so I have some information from different sites, but I will let you know that this one is from Quora that I got this uh, information from. So number one um, on their list is mercury. So in ancient China, women were advised to drink hot mercury. Yes, you heard it, hot mercury. That which we know can drive a person not only mad, but kill them. Drink hot mercury to prevent pregnancy. Not only did it probably prevent pregnancy, it might have also, you know, it would probably make your womb unfit to carry a child. I'm thinking it might also uh, create to, lead to like mercury toxicity, kidney failure, lung failure, brain damage, and, you know, the chance of, oh, did you hear me back there? And that was me knocking my knee. Ow. And brain damage, uh, brain damage and death. <laughs> so that's in a really extreme version of birth control. You know, that uh, kind of is extreme as it's basically you're poisoning yourself. So you die, your baby dies. Great. Or you don't have one. Really extreme. It's kind of as extreme as removing your genitals. Next on the insane list of contraception throughout history is something that I can't really see being effective, but... We'll talk about it anyway. I'll mention it because it's kind of interesting um, in that we do actually use uh, variations of this nowadays in certain creams that you can get at herbal stores for, um, for it's more like for women who are going through menopause. So in South Asia and Southeast Asia, unripe papaya was used to prevent or terminate pregnancy. Once papaya is ripe, though, it loses its phytochemicals that interfere with progesterone. So, thus, it's contraceptive and it's called an aborifacient properties are kind of gone then. So, the seeds of the papaya could actually serve as an effective male contraceptive. Papaya seeds, taken daily, could cut a man's sperm count to zero and was safe for long-term use. Best of all, the sterility was reversible. If the man stopped taking the seeds, his sperm count would return to normal. Now, I don't actually have any medical evidence, and there are no quotes that quote anything that are from like a um, either any kind of research information. So, the the thing with that is, I you know. I wouldn't guarantee this. So I wouldn't guarantee, boys, if you go out there, that if you start eating uh, papaya seeds daily, that your sperm count will go to zero. We don't actually have enough studies done on that. But, you know, they were kind of claiming that this was what was going on. Um, it wasn't actually papaya. I was talking about it was yams that women put in their... In their um, it's not that they put it in. It's that it's put into like a yam extract is put into this cream for women to normalize their hormones. So I just got excited when I saw papayas in it. I overstepped my bounds on that one. So no, number three is cotton. How the heck can cotton do this? Well, an ancient medical manuscript, the, it was called the Eberus Papyrus, written in 1550 BCE, Women were advised to grind dates, acacia tree bark, 
and honey together in a paste. Apply this mixture to seed wool and insert the seed wool vaginally for use as a pessary. Granted, it was what was in the cotton rather than the cotton itself that promoted its effectiveness as birth control. Acacia ferments into lactic acid, and that's actually known as a pretty well known as a spermicide. But the seed wool did serve as a physical barrier between ejaculate and the cervix. We don't know how totally active this was, but it was it was considered to be an effective uh, use of birth control because of uh, because of the lactic acid in the wool in the cotton. So interesting. I wonder, and I, I will get through this on uh, part of the rest of the show, but. You know, during slave times, you know, if, you know, um, there was a lot going on um, there as well. And throughout history, there have been slaves. And there was a lot of just trying to prevent pregnancies with slaves. Uh, So ironically, a lot of this stuff actually came up because of women knowing that this was going to occur to them and they needed to find a solution. So they weren't carrying their masked baby, right? So interesting stuff. Not that the master would care, so they didn't worry so much about males using contraception as they did about the women being concerned for their own safety and self and bodies. This is another one called Common Rue. Seranus, a gynecologist from 2nd century Greece, described the Common Rue, which is the flower, described its use as a potent abortifacient. So I'm going to get this word right. It's for aborting. Abortifacient. If you want to look it up, it's A-B-O-R-T-I-F-A-C-I-E-N-T. This is true the first time I've ever seen this word in my life. Abortifacient. And women in Latin America have traditionally eaten rue in salads as a contraceptive and drunk rue tea as emergency contraception or to induce abortion. So ingested regularly, rue decreases blood flow to the endometrium essentially making the lining of the uterus non-nutritive to a fertilized egg. Interesting, right? It's not things that people would necessarily be using today because we're looking for kind of a fast effect, right? Day after pill, that's really fast. Abortion is really fast. Um, But having to take something a few times or to eat it regularly, um, a lot of people just don't have the patience for that, so they're looking for some quick fixes, right? So, we actually have lots more to talk about. I'm only on like number four, and we're 15 minutes into the show. I don't even know how that occurs, but uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. And we're actually going to have way more information, way more stuff from all over the world. If you want to stick with us, and we're actually going to head to a commercial break. So, if you just stick around for a few minutes, listen to these awesome commercial breaks, you can join me right back here on the Pleasure Zone, on the Inspired Choices Network after this break. 
Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MilicaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and I am your host, Milica Yalanich. Tonight, we're talking about contraception throughout history. And it's pretty interesting. We've been pretty inventive throughout history. It's like we've always looked for how can we have pleasure and not get the, you know, the results of children. So we weren't always concerned necessarily with using things for blocking STDs which is more common now about the STDs than it is more so about the children. Um, but historically, we've been pretty active in seeking ways to have contraception. Other names for it is interruptus coitus, which is actually where you kind of stop the middle of sex so that the semen can be ejaculated outside of the body. That's been going on for thousands of years as a practice, um, especially with, like, for example, Taoists um, or different um, types of Buddhists, anybody who's trying to practice preserving their yang energy, they'll do sort of something called coitus interruptus, which is just interrupting coitus so that you don't have ejaculate going into the into the vagina, leading its way right into the uterus. So it's, it's something that um, definitely we've been concerned about it. I'm sorry, guys. I'm like a little tired today, but I'm going to perk up because I actually am really enjoying this show and the information on it. At the same time, I'm like really tired. So just I'm not normally tired on my show and I normally don't mention it. But guys, bear with me. i got lots of good information tonight. So Queen Anne's Lace is number five on the list. And 
if you live in North America, or even in lots of parts of Europe, Queen Anne's lace grows basically all over the place. It's a tiny little white flower. When I was little, I used to pick it all the time. It grew alongside the roads near my the cottage where my grandparents had a cottage. And now it literally grows outside my door in my field during summer. And I'm actually just learning about this for the first time today. So Queen Anne's lace is also known as wild carrot, and its seeds have long been used as a contraceptive. Hippocrates described the use of this wild carrot over 2,000 years ago. The seeds are said to block progesterone synthesis, or I guess they've studied this because they're claiming that the seeds block progesterone synthesis, disrupting implantation, and are most effective as emergency contraceptive within eight hours of exposure to sperm. It's a sort of morning-after form of birth control. So taking Queen Anne's lace led to no or mild side effects, like a bit of constipation. And women who stopped taking it could conceive and rear a healthy child. The only danger, it seemed, was confusing the plant with similar-looking but potentially deadly poison hemlock and water hemlock. They do look kind of similar, but I don't know that they look that similar. Hmm, interesting. So try not to uh, try to know your plant before you go off and eat it. That might not be the best choice. So another one that's interesting that's on the list, it's really disgusting, but really fun to talk about, is elephant excrement. Just disgusting. Ancient Indian women were believed to insert a paste made of elephant feces into the vaginas. Guys, right there, I'm thinking, um, I'm not going near the vagina because there's elephant dung in it. Let's just think about that. Do you want your penis going into vagina with elephant dung in it, girls? Do you want your vagina to have elephant dung in it? I've already talked about on so many shows the the order of the sex. There's an order, guys. There's an order. Mouth, vagina, anus. Why on earth would you stick poop in your vagina? We've talked about these things. Potentially healthy hazards, unhealthy hazards, health hazards. They are hazardous to your health is what I'm saying. We don't know what's in elephant poop. There could be parasites in there, bacterias. What? That's my side note. I'm just like in a little bit of awe and shock that people would even think, hey, I see poop. I'm going to shove that in my vagina. That sounds like a fantastic idea. Fantastic. Like, what? Wow. They'd shove that elephant feces into the vaginas to act as a barrier between the semen and their crevices. Well, no freaking kidding. Barrier. I don't know who would want to go near it. And how do you remove it? How do you remove elephant dung from your vagina? Then you got to go in there with some kind of, you know, wash or douche or how did they douche in ancient India? How do, how do you do that? I don't I know. Do they have like things? Do they have funnels? Like what are they doing to get this poop out of their vaginas? It's breaking me out here. But some researchers actually think that the alkaline nature of the feces could have killed the sperm. I think that it has to do with being disgusted by the poop in the vagina that has the guy walk away from the vagina so she doesn't get pregnant. That's why it's effective. But others also say that it increases the naturally acidic vagina's pH. 
It was actually making pregnancy more likely. How how the how? How the how, guys? That whole one confuses me. Fascinating at the same time. Thank you for that, Ankwara. I'm a little bit scared. Ancient Indian women also used whatever ingredients that were likely available to them. So they inserted potions made of powdered palm leaf and red chalk. And I'm not sure where, where red chalk comes from, if it's like the chalk that's like a stone, like a talc. Um, but they'd insert all of this into their vaginas. Hey, we were inserting bees into our vaginas in 2017 or wasps because that was a popular wasps nest. So, you know, we've done weird things in this day and age. Uh, it doesn't you know, seem, you know, as much as they were putting poop in their vagina, they didn't stick wasps nests in there to clean it out. So I'm not sure which generation has it crazier, but we might be topping it. So in the first century CE, common era, they used cotton dipped in a blend of ghee. So, you know, raw cotton, we were talking about earlier, and like they were saying, that cotton actually probably uh, was what was effective in um, when it started to ferment was actually what was effective as a spermicide. So the blend of ghee or clarified butter, so they dump the cotton into the ghee, into honey or seeds from the kimshuka or palasa tree. And then they'd also use rock salt as a spermicide. Hmm, sounds really burny. But the women most likely ground the salt into small, less sharp pieces. Still, it would think it would be like putting salt into a fresh wound. I haven't put salt into my vagina, but I have sat in salt baths. And sometimes, you know, if I make the salt bath a little too salty, I can feel it. You know, it happens. You can feel it. Your crotch feels it. So, you know, there's, you know... Uh, kind of a way and I have done float tanks before where I've been soaking in the salt but I was wearing a bathing suit so I didn't like open up the you know vaginal opening I didn't spread the labia to see if it was going to enter and cause a, a ruckus in there but I don't know if I would really want to do that just saying but these methods uh, that I mentioned from India they were actually listed in the Indian sex manuals like the Rati, Ratira, sorry, I'm having a hard time speaking today. Ratira, ah, Asya, Ratira, spelling it for you guys. R A T I R A H A S Y E. Ratira, Asya, Tira Asya, and the Ananga Ranga. That one I got. The Ratira Asya. That one's a little tougher. So this Queen Anne's lace has been pretty commonly used. It's been used, you know, throughout different era, eras, different times. Um, according to the Ratir Asya, um, the individual at the time of sexual enjoyment or orgasm should press firmly with their fingers at the forepart of the testicles or the base of the urethra and insert, um, whew, this is hardcore, Fore part of the testicles or the base of the urethra and turn the mind to other things, but still mm, pressing into the urethra mm, could be interesting. So he's also advised to hold his breath while doing so. So he's supposed to like hold the base of his penis and kind of pinch the tip of his, the tip of his penis and hold the base down by the testicles and think of other things. He's also advised to hold his breath while doing so. And this is part of delaying ejaculation. 
the first process, pressing the base of the urethra at the time of orgasm may result. I'm, I think he's pressing it with his fingers. Like, I'm not sure that he's like, I don't know what else he would press it on, maybe onto somebody's body. I don't have pictures of this, so I don't really know what to tell you guys. But basically, it may result in the entrance of the semen ejaculated during the process of coitus into the urinary bladder. Whew. Thus, the semen would not enter into the genital tract of the woman, and there will be no con- there will be no conception. So, the semen, which enters into the urinary bladder, will come out of it at the time of <laughs> micturition, which I believe is peeing, but this is a fancy word for it: micturition. Thus, along with prolonging the sexual act, the procedure serves the purpose of contraception. So, guys, hold, hold on to your, basically, onto your the tip of your penis. It's going to make that sperm turn back and go down into your, your urinary bladder. See how that works for you. I've seen people try that. I don't know if it's effective. So, there's also some things like the root of the datura plant collected by Krishna Paksha. This root is to be tied into the waist of the female during intercourse, just tied on. It prevents contraception. Maybe you put a lot of them on and then the man's penis is really small so it can't actually enter. When this root is untied, there will be, apparently when you take the root off, there will be conception by sexual intercourse. But if you wear the root, um, you will not get pregnant. So in the Ratirahasya, the semen a male is described to be collected in a leaf of a laktaka, covered with the bark of the Bojpatra tree, and tied to the feet of the bed. bed. So basically, wherever you're going to get it on, you're going to just tie these things around. You're not actually using them on your body or in your body so much as you're wearing them, like wearing these flowers around your waist or sticking them to your bed. And this is going to cause apparently sterility in men. I somehow doubt it. Just saying. Fruit of the Kadamba. But I guess that other one has to do with your point of view. If your point of view is it works, then it'll work. If your point of view is like, why would wearing a flower around my waist work? You might not have it work, right? So there's one more and then we're going to head to break. So the fruit of the Kadamba. The fruit of Kadamba added with one-fourth of honey in quantity, if taken for three days along with hot water, produces sterility in women. Now, it doesn't say if if that comes back, like if you can become um, fertile again or if you're forever sterile, but that apparently will work for you. So (laughs) we have a few others coming from Asia when we come back from break, but until then, I'm sure you could do some searches and find some interesting, fascinating, crazy things that we have done throughout history to actually try and prevent pregnancy. Wow. Interesting, especially interesting with contraception. I want to thank you guys for listening today, and we're going to continue this show, and we're going to continue talking about contraception throughout history uh, in just a few minutes when we come back here on The Pleasure Zone on Inspired Choices Network. And we'll see you after this commercial break. 
Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melissa Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MelissaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Milica Yelenich, and tonight we are talking about contraception throughout history. It's a fascinating topic, and it's amazing what we've actually put into our bodies to avoid uh, having babies and to maintain having pleasure. But some of them, like cow dung, really surprised me. I don't know where the pleasure would still um, be in effect, but it's really mm, an interesting choice. One of the other ones that uh, is on our fascinating list is turmeric. And one piece of the node of the rhizome of turmeric, so that's like you get the turmeric, basically it looks like ginger when you buy it as a root. And when you get one little node of that, so there's like a little little bumps, when you get one node, um, it should be taken every day for six days, three days during menses and three days after menses. It's described to produce sterility in women but you'll still have your period, still have your menses. What I'm aware of with turmeric is that it's actually a liver cleanser. So one of the things that when you cleanse your liver, you poop a lot. And if you're pooping a lot, you might be avoiding having sex, so you might not get pregnant. Just saying. And also, it does clean your blood if it's cleaning your liver. So all of those factors actually make me wonder if it's actually going to create sterility, if it's actually going to make you healthier and you actually have babies. So 
could be the quantity that makes it go to sterility. But I do know that turmeric can be an amazing healing aid, so I'm just curious about is it the quantity or is it the fact that it's the root and it's not the dried powder? Hmm. It's curious, but something to test out. Apparently also seeds of a cucumber work, and I eat cucumber probably almost every day. Um, they say that after the onset of menzies, so, you know, if you're 14 years old, if a woman takes seeds of a cucumber for seven or eight days, she will not deliver um, babies anymore. Now, I don't know if you, they just say to take it for seven or eight days. I don't know if that's like seven or eight days after every period you have. I guess that's what they're saying. Um, but if you're eating cucumbers all the time like me, and I still had a kid, I don't know. If it's just the cucumber, I didn't like pull the seeds out of the cucumber. And the cucumbers I eat, they are uh, usually, they are English cucumbers, and they're called seedless, even though there's seeds in them. Usually when they call something seedless, it just means the seeds do not, um, they're not active. They can't actually turn into a plant. So they might not have all the ingredients they need. So it might actually have to be like seeds from a cucumber that can grow more cucumbers rather than seedless cucumbers that still have seeds, but the seeds don't grow anything. So the next thing in our lineup is castor seeds. Castor oil and castor seeds, I don't know if any of you have ever read any work by Edgar Casey, but Edgar Casey was a huge fan of castor oil, and he would do compresses with castor oil. And you can check out Edgar Casey; He was a fascinating uh, human being, did a lot of, um, he had a lot of information about future events. He was a bit of a prophet in his own right. As much as we could call somebody a prophet these days, but um, he could foresee the future, and he had a lot of insight about health. But um, this isn't actually from the writings of Edgar Casey. This is actually just castor seeds. I just went on a tangent about Edgar Casey. Administration of the pulp of one or two castor seeds during the menstrual period is stated to prevent fertilization for one and two years, respectively. Pretty amazing. So pretty uh, fast, effective way to get some results there, if that's something you're looking for. Flowers of Jamun. The flowers of Jamun ground with a little urine of a cow, because, you know, what you usually are doing, but this is India, right? So you got cows walking on the street. They could just go to go pee, and you catch it in a cup, and off you go, get your Jamun flowers and grind them together. It is, it is said to cause sterility in the woman when taking taken during the time of menstruation. So, here's my question. How do you ingest this? Do you ingest it? Do you insert it? Um, I'm going to pass on this one. Not interested in drinking cow pee. Saying. Rabbit's blood. Another one that I probably wouldn't choose, but the intake of rabbit's blood during menzies or the period of fertilization, um, which is not menzies, it's like a Depends on your body, but it's between your cycles. It's really halfway. Produces sterility in women. Interesting stuff. So these recipes, again, they're just based on classic stuff, classic information. I'm not saying that you need to take it. Just an idea. It's historical ideas. Interesting stuff. Personally, I'm telling you that I wouldn't take most of them because I'm not interested in drinking cow's pee. I'm just funny like that. And... <laughs> 
some of them some of those are actually said to actually make women barren forever so they can never have children so just something to be aware of because some of them are apparently not reversible um there was some further research done with papaya and there was somebody who wrote that uh, who actually had some more information on papaya the papaya is a rich source of latex so when we were talking about papaya earlier here's just additional information on the papaya because it's a rich source of latex, uh, and latex can be harmful and can induce uterine contractions, this contraction can lead to miscarriage. It can also trigger premature labor due to an enzyme called prostaglandin and oxytocin. Raw papaya seeds are more harmful than ripe papaya, so the seeds can also cause abnormality in the infant, but papaya seeds are actually one of the safest ways to actually induce an abortion. So. That's just an FYI interesting information. Of course, unless you're allergic to papaya, and in that case you go into anaphylactic shock and die, then papaya is not the safest way to go. Good times. <laughs> so, so there are a few other interesting historical things. I wanted to kind of reach across some cultures. So during the medieval times or medieval, um, I wanted to look at different cultures as well. And in early Islam, there was documented that men were doing, they were preventing ejaculation as well, which was something that was pretty common in Asia at, at that time, but also prior to that. He also described that a number of pessaries, which is a pessary is used to block the cervix. Um, that's one of the birth control methods. It's kind of like how we have an IUD these days. That's considered like a pessary, I suppose. Um he described a number of pessaries, including elephant dung, again, in early Islam, cabbages, and pitch, which I'm not totally sure what pitch is, but I want to go find out. Um, pitch is the name for any of a number of viscoelastic polymers. Pitch can be natural or manufactured, derived from petroleum, coal, tar, or plants. Various forms of pitch can also be called tar, bitumen, or asphalt. Pitch produced from plants is also known as resin. So there you go. Now I learned something. Um, it can also be used alone or in combination. The same period, um, the Ibabas al-Majusi <coughs> documented the use of pessaries made of rock salt again. <coughs> wow. So they were actually doing this quite consciously because some women as well, they would have been using these as abort abortion stuff because... They might have gotten pregnant, but these women needed to abort because the pregnancy would be too dangerous. So they actually had things set in place to allow for that to occur. So it's interesting, I think, that in early Islam they would have that. Because I don't know if modern Islam would have been so open to that. I don't know a lot about Islam. I do have many Muslim friends, but they all come from different, different walks of Islam, so different information from everyone. So the... There is actually um, information in the canon of medicine that lists 20 different methods of preventing contraception, which could be interesting. I may check that out. Also in Europe, in medieval Western Europe, um, and efforts to halt or prevent pregnancy were deemed immoral by the Catholic Church. And quite frankly, pretty much still till now, although it isn't as um, strict, it was like in the 1960s and, you know, between... That pretty much 1609 when the French arrived in Quebec to uh, 1970 maybe, um, it was really not encouraged to ha use any 
contraception whatsoever. So the population of Quebec itself grew um, tremendously, and it's decline. It's declining now, and you know there's a lot of things religiously that were available in places like Quebec that uh, are not. Um, religiously as in like nunneries, uh, convents, that sort of thing. There were massive amounts of people because there were so many children being born and nobody was allowed to actually have any birth control. So, you know, with every family with 10 to 20 children, at least a few of them would end up in a convent or become a priest. So they needed space for all these people. But that's kind of the same as uh, medieval Western Europe, in fact. So... Uh, it's around the same times too, right? So women of the time still used a number of birth control measures such as coitus interruptus, basically get out of there, mister, uh, or inserting lily root and rue, which we talked about, into the vagina. And, of course, infanticide, which is basically the killing of your child. Knowledge, and that would be after the child's born. So knowledge of the, sometimes they would literally just leave their child to serve because they didn't have the money to look after it, get food or anything like that. So, you know, starvation, asphyxiation, all kinds of methods, throat dunking, drowning your baby. Like there's a lot of methods that people used in medieval Europe so that they didn't have to have tons of children, basically. Sometimes you would get sick and it was like too expensive to get a doctor. So kill your baby instead. They were kind of replaceable back then, and if you weren't healthy, you weren't part of the healthy crop, so move along, Charlie. Um, as much as you know, people would have had feelings maybe for that, they also were pretty pragmatic about it. So knowledge of herbal abortifacients and contraceptives to regulate fertility decreased in the early modern period. Um, it was attributed to... John M. Riddle, um, you can look him up, attributed this to attempts of European states to repopulate Europe after dramatic losses following the plague epidemic. So they really want, like around 1348, right? So they really wanted to increase the population again. So it was like, no contraception for you. Um, and if you're wondering who John M. Riddle is, he's an alumni, distinguished professor uh, at the of history at North Carolina State University, and he's a specialist in the history of medicine. So we have, uh, who else do we have? Oh, so here's some interesting information. Pope Innocent VIII um, actually issued something called the Sumus Desiderantis Affectibus, a papal bull in which he recognized the existence of witches and gave full papal approval for the Inquisition to proceed correcting, imprisoning, punishing, and chastising witches according to their their deserts. In the bull, which is sometimes referred to as the Witch Bull of 1484, the witches were explicitly accused of having slain infants yet in the mother's womb. So they were really, they were women that were probably midwives as well, and they knew how to, to perform abortions. And they were also um, being accused of hindering men from performing the sexual act and women from conceiving. <laughs> so they were maybe making potions for men to become impotent. Wow, girls, you had some power. So <laughs> interesting. You know, the main thing was, you know, I've read other things about the witches, but I hadn't really realized that it had to do with them not allowing for people to procreate and 
Wow, that's interesting. Wow, that's bringing up some stuff for me. I'm going to have a look at that after. Wow, that's really weird. <clears throat> I'm actually feeling a little off right now. Thanks for that. So everything that brings up and lets down. We don't do a lot of clearings on this show, but anything that brings up for you, as it did for me in all the lifetimes that that might have occurred for you or that you might have been part of, and anything that it's bringing up, let's just destroy and uncreate it all. Right, run, good, bad, pock, pot, online, shorts, boys and beyonds. And if you're wondering what I'm saying, check out theclearingstatement.com from Access Consciousness. It's just a little something, something to say to clear the energy when something comes up that might be affecting you, which I just had. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <clears throat> wow, I'm like choking on that one. So... What else can I tell you about that? Wow, that one's kind of hitting me like a brick there. There's also um, the one, there's another thing that was written called the Malleus Maleficarum, if you haven't heard of that. Uh, From what I ever read in university, I thought that was written by St. Thomas Aquinas, but they're not saying that here in Wikipedia. Um, They may have changed the... the, um, Interesting. They were saying that the Malleus Maleficarum was written by a priest, Jay Springer. But I did read in university. I really, that was something I actually remembered from university that St. Thomas Aquinas had something to do with that. So I'm not sure what. Maybe he contributed a lot of information to it. But it was basically written to uh, figure out who was a witch and, and to give the inquisitors information. So the authors accused witches, among other things, of infanticide and having the power to steal men's penises. Wow. Ladies, who knew? I actually want to read the Malleus Maleficarum now because if if there, if that is actually part of it, it's fascinating to me. I really just thought it was going to be uh, horrific descriptions of how to like pull apart women who have been accused of being witches, but... Heck, if you've been accused of taking away a man's potency, how potent do you have to be? How afraid do they have to be? Um, and how much are they actually not getting any action? They have to point the fur at some woman who's probably just total, total well, she is magic, let's face it, but um, who's just doing her thing, you know? It's your fault. You made my penis go awry. There's also from Europe in the medieval times, there were barrier messages such as condoms, um, surprisingly, um, I don't know when condoms started, but I know in the 18th century or Victorian era, they actually did create condoms out of the intestines of animals. Um, remember, there's poop on those, so you'd have to actually clean them out really uh, well. This this whole topic began because I was having the weirdest conversation with my dad about animals' bum holes and how, how uh, weird things from Europe. Um, when people actually roast an entire animal, and I'm like, why do people eat the bum hole or whatever? We had the weirdest conversation one day, but he also said that that it takes like a master to be able to flip the intestine inside out and clean it. And he actually, he was actually describing this method to me that this woman that he knew could do, and it just started off with like a twist of the intestine, and then the whole thing could just unfold itself, and then the poop would fall off, and then they could just wash it basically inside out. Um, and the other side would just have blood on it, which would be on the inside, and they could just rinse that off, which would be a lot easier than trying to get into the creases and folds because you flipped it inside out and everything's fallen off of it. Yes, strange and interesting conversations with my papa, the things I am learning. It's kind of 
never ending, really. You just never know what you're going to learn on any particular day. But I learned about the flipping of intestines from animals. That was just yesterday, I think. Yesterday was a long day for me, so it could have been two or three days ago. <laughs> but, but yes, they did have something like condoms. Pretty amazing. So Casanova in the 18th century was one of the first that was reported to use an assurance cap, which is what they called condoms, to prevent impregnating his mistress. In 1909, Richard Richter developed the first intrauterine device, that's the IUD, made from silkworm gut, which was further developed and marketed in Germany by Ernst Grafenberg in the late 1920s. I'm just picking all the crazy words today. Grafenberg. I hope I'm saying that right, because I love umflas. And wild and amazing things. I don't know about you guys, but some of those images are just going to probably be in my mind tonight as I go to bed thinking about the condoms made from flipped out intestines, cow dung placed in the uterus. And, you know, I was thinking too before I started doing extra research on the show, but, you know, castration is one way as well. And, you know, eunuchs, right? Because eunuchs were castrated. That's certainly one way to prevent pregnancy. Pretty extreme, but just kind of as extreme as for women who throughout history have had um, clitoridectomies, which would really pr create a hard time getting pregnant, um, and also prevention of pleasure. And, you know, so that kind of stuff is still, those mutilations are still going on today. I'm not laughing at them because they're funny. I'm laughing at them because they're kind of disturbing that we would even consider that that's a good idea. It's like, wow, how insane are we as people on the planet to think that genital mutilation would be a great idea for contraception. Wow, that's messed. So I hope that you guys find a way and a method that works for you that's super enjoyable, allows you to still have pleasure, and that you don't have to stick poop up your vagina, ladies. Or, guys, you don't actually have to have, have your potency stolen by a witch. Um, the ironic thing about that is I know I have that potency. <laughs> so, um, I actually do know I have that. And it's something that I recognized um, about 10 years ago with uh, someone who was uh, my lover at the time. And I could could definitely, when I, my body was turned on, their body would be turned on. When my body wasn't turned on, their body would not be turned on. So in that way, Maybe I am a witch, and maybe I do steal men's potency. Hmm. Intriguing, but I can't steal it. I can just be turned on, and that affects you, or not turned on, and that affects you, and vice versa, because, guys, you're just as potent as women, so don't ever think that I could take it from you. It's just a response. Your body to my body. It's a chemical love reaction, but if you if you actually believe somebody can steal that from you, then buy that. It's real and true. That's what Thank you for choosing to listen to The Pleasure Zone. Melissa Yelenich will return next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.